okay. Nobody cares. So what happens when you get sushi from like the, the grocery, grocery store? store and not from the restaurant? I know, but they you don't, don't make like that to order. Seeds? Mom made steak salad for dinner tonight, so you missed out. I had waffles and strawberries Yum. for dinner because I didn't have I didn't want to cook. Oh my god, that sounds. So and the good. only food in my house I had for lunch, and I was like, I don't want leftovers of like the same thing. I right. have to eat it tomorrow. For I lunch. hate that. I'm so jealous. That sounds great. I have been wanting waffles since watching uh, Rufus Humphrey make them 400 times <laughs> over the course yeah. of that show. We did not talk about it, but the only meal they have is breakfast. Yeah. They are never seen eating another meal. Okay. Okay. We should start this podcast. Otherwise, we'll be here all day. Talking about their favorite themes on the silver screen. They'll try to stay on theme. Who said that this podcast was Hi. Hi, I'm Sophie. And I'm Maddie. And welcome to Single Best Scene. This week's episode, Succession. Succession. All right. Maddie, how did you get into Succession? So this, I was trying to think back. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I watched the first one the week after it came out originally. Oh, okay. And I was like, wow. It's on f- HBO, right? Yes, it's on HBO. Yeah. So it and always popped has up been. on my little Hulu, like as mm-hmm. a new show mm-hmm. that they were launching or whatever. Um, and I was, I watched the first episode and got to the end of it. And I was like, this is what people are talking about. Mm. Not for me. Right. Then like a full year passed, Mm -hmm. like season one was completely done and season two was getting ready to premiere. Right. And I saw a bunch of people all over Twitter, like Mm -hmm. going like batshit crazy about it. Right. And I want to say like Ira Madison, the third from Mm -hmm. keep it was tweeting about it, but I don't even know if I was even listening to keep it then. So I don't, I don't really know. And so I gave it another try Yeah. and then just like push through because I think mm-hmm. I saw someone say like um the first like three episodes aren't don't captivate you but it's so worth it okay. so like stick with it off, yeah. and so I was like okay what else do I have going on and so like I just binged all of season one and then watched season two I think starting with like episode seven mm-hmm. um like why or six to, like I got caught yeah. up to what it was and then I like it was, and then it by season two I mean it's so good it just became like appointment right like I had to watch it Sunday mm-hmm, nights mm-hmm. as it was airing mm-hmm. and like when I did my list of best shows of 2019 I did my top sh- 10 shows of 2019 and Succession was number one and Fleabag oh. was number two so by the end of the year this was my favorite uh-huh. show that I'd seen right so it really took a turn for me after the my first try right had to push through and you I I'm assuming it was um, another I mean you probably Maddie forced told me to watch it but there were a ton, there was a ton of advertising for it in New York. Oh, I Like, all over buses and subways and bus stops and stuff. They were really pushing it. And so I'm, I don't think I watched it, any of it live. Maybe, maybe the last couple, I don't, I don't remember waiting for the episodes to drop. That doesn't mean I didn't, but. I probably watched it all in a binge. That's normally. I remember we were watching it about the same time, though, because oh, okay. the only reason I remember that is because we would text about right. every episode. And I think it was, it was yeah, like you were that, one ahead of me. That doesn't mean that, right, you might have already seen of, it all. And I was one behind. No, it was like we we were like uh, tag teaming. You would oh, watch okay. like three episodes yeah. and, then I, and not watch one for a few days. And I would watch it like right. over a course of a week. Because I do remember that makes sense. we were really close when we were watching mm. it. Like you, I had just seen what you were texting me about oh, okay, type of okay, stuff. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so speaking of the pilot, mm-hmm. what's your pilot score? My pilot score is... 
I want to say a seven out of 10, but it's, I'm having a hard time now because I can't remember now what I thought, how much I liked it initially. I might've liked it more initially rewatching it. This is the first time I've ever rewatched a pilot and been like, no, thank you. This is miserable. I can't believe I'm having to rewatch this whole hour of this bullshit that they're like, you know, it just like was no fun for me to rewatch the pilot, which was really surprising. Right. You would think, and I agree with you. I gave it a 6.5 out yeah. of 10. So like, I agree with you. You would think though, in a show that's kind of confusing, it would be more fun to rewatch the pilot to like, see what we've, because you know, so, like, we right know what's now, happening we know. and we know all of the stuff and we kind of understand. Um, I mean, Sophie's an English major. I'm a liberal arts major. We weren't exactly like floating around the business school no. on all of these like proxy deals mm-hmm. and um takeovers and all that stuff so I was very new to the like mm-hmm. business side of of right yeah of television watching sure so um I agree though I can see how it, yeah it, but it didn't make it it didn't to me make it seem it didn't make it clearer knowing what I knew when no, I watched it I this. still was like you yeah, know all this is that um but I don't know. Let's see what what I wrote down, though. I did take several notes here. Okay. The start was so aggressive with Logan pissing in the closet. Yes, I do. Honestly, I was probably sold on that open alone because, like, like, how aggressive? (laughs) Well, it's just, like, what is going on? Like, you want to know why everything is happening. Right. Like, why why are they in a new place? Why is this guy peeing in a closet? Is he seen out? Who is this woman? Like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, then, and if you saw any of the promo stuff, you know that he's like the mate, the head of the company, patriarch of the family. Exactly. Yeah. But if I was sort of aggressive, I was more warmed up to the show when the, (laughs) with the entrance of Roman and the corporate sager that he had, (laughs) that he sent in, um, to sage the room before he got there, which is energy that I respect a lot Mm -hmm. um his self-aware chaotic energy was so fun and so necessary because especially in foil to Kendall as they do the entire series Kendall is so the straight man to to Roman's like total chaos right right Roman's so like and Kendall (laughs) is like so like on its face boring right like always trying to do the quote-unquote right thing or whatever his favorite color is brown yeah his favorite color is brown and roman is over there just like being an absolute like fuck face so it's just (laughs) like he's fun and you're like i don't know what this guy's gonna do i know exactly what kendall's gonna do i have no idea what roman's gonna do so like let's see how this goes i feel like loving roman is like a shameful secret because it's like i it's like loving chuck bass in a way where you're like he's fucking terrible and i don't it's like I, how I feel with some of the housewives too, where it's like, you're a monster, but mm-hmm. you're my monster. And I yes. never want yes, you yes, off yes, my yes. TV. Exactly. exactly. Like mo- Roman's a monster. All of these people are monsters, but yeah. like, I don't oh, ever want to go. the worst people on TV. I don't want to go this long without seeing them on I my know, TV. Right? Um, Kendall destroying the bathroom and then cleaning it up was. So Kendall. Such, right. Him cleaning it up is really what got me like, he wrecked that bathroom, like shattered glass everywhere. And then like swept it up like mm-hmm. it just was oh my god and well, then, I think that they did a really good job of even though I don't think it was a great episode overall but they did a really good job of showing us pretty much every character's 
true core self because Kendall is a recovering addict who his life has been out of control Mm -hmm. and he still has those tendencies which you see throughout the two Mm -hmm. seasons where he slips and starts using again or slips up and has some rage issues yeah he definitely like bottles it up until he like screams Mm -hmm. and so I do think him destroying the bathroom and cleaning it up is like just the epitome of Kendall throughout the entire two seasons um, I was definitely sold on the show, not to like get ahead of turning point, but I was sold on the show with the helicopter rides. I fucking love riding in helicopters. Right. And the fact that they just like hopped in them immediately. I'm like, okay, these people are very rich and I'm into this. Well, not to interrupt you again, but I told you I was watching that Actors on Actors with mm-hmm. Kieran and Culkin oh, right, yeah. and Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek. And they were talking about how they have a wealth coordinator that's <laughs> yes. on set that that's like their job is to Amazing. basically sh- tell all of these people like how to act when you're that mm-hmm. wealthy and the biggest one that he said was helicopters mm. he was like these people like the wealth coordinator was like these people have been riding helicopters their whole life right they wouldn't duck getting in or out of them like they know where the propeller is mm-hmm. and sense. he was like except for Greg, cousin greg because he's like so tall. nine feet tall so like and i watched an episode today where i noticed he like and also I mean, it, I don't think also they he's him. the newest. He's the newest, right? Yeah, so he didn't spend money. any life. Right, right. But like watching him, he also is because he is so tall. He ducks down so low to get in the helicopter. <laughs> like it's so dramatic. And Kendall was walking behind him and just like straight, straight, straight in. Kendall mm-hmm. is. Granted, I was the cast is not tall except for it is the Greg, shortest cast. Uh, Wasgam, mm-hmm. Matthew McFar- McFadden, I think is like six feet tall. Like I think he's like an average, whatever average is. He's like five. Cousin Greg? No, no, no. Um, Tom. Tom, right. I think okay, he's... Yeah. Tom is, is like six But I think Kendall, feet. Roman... And Logan. Logan are all short. So short. Yes. Yeah. No, it is like the shortest cast of men you've ever seen in your life. Which helps juxtapose because Cousin Greg is legit 6'5". He's so fucking tall. So like he would tall. be tall against no, anyone. Watching any of them together, it is... Whenever it's they so pair comical. just like two, like Cousin Greg with... Like Roman. Roman. And, and there's a scene early, I think in maybe episode two, and they're in the hospital when... Uh-huh. When Roman is asking him to like pick up the papers from the house or whatever, and he's like, "Fuck! Like my neck hurts from talking to you. Like just go do it." And just like, like from looking up, it's so funny. Uh, but it is a comical juxtaposition. Like their height difference. Um, the game, you know how they're like at dinner or lunch or whatever for Logan's right. birthday in the pilot. Back to the pilot. And he's like, we're going to go play the game. And everyone's like, oh, the game. This was such a letdown because the game is literally just softball. Like, well, that's the game. And then finding some poor kid. Well, that that only happened, though, because Kendall bailed. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. But whatever. Well, it, it almost makes me wonder, like, if they'll bring back the game. If, like, maybe something more was supposed to happen before. I don't know. I, I agree with know. you that it was kind of a letdown. Um, then... Cousin Greg starting as a Parks employee was genius. Yes. Putting him, um, pairing him with Tom was genius. Yeah. Pairing him with Tom was genius. Then they can like Dan Humphrey the shit out of themselves by being the outsider. <laughs> um, according to Reddit, the watch that that boy in the softball game got, i.e. the watch that Tom tried to give to Shiv, uh-huh. or sh- tried, tried to, to give to, to Logan, Logan was, is rep- reportedly worth seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars <laughs> so which is honestly close to a million which right, is so what the kid, check was yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so and also side note <laughs> it's the same brand um which is patek philippe i did have to look that up because i'm not a rich person 
It is the same brand as the watch that Serena gave Dan for their first Christmas gift, which was like hers was only two like two hundred thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars. Damn, those rich New Yorkers with those watches. I know. Now I know. Patek Philippe. Yeah, I hope I said that right. Okay. Then <laughs> don't worry, they will not be sponsoring. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's gonna be sponsoring that for sure. Goddamn. So definitely not a. Fancy watchmaker, watch yeah, 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 no. Although, you know, if Mavado wants to go, I'm kidding. Um, so, somehow this episode was just as confusing the second time, and I knew what happened. Like, I was still confused by, like, the business words, the business deals, wh- whose allies are with who. Like, I was like, how am I still confused? And I never understand how we're supposed to feel about Marsha, ever. Like, ever. Yeah, I... In the whole show. I think, so from what I've read, like the reviews I've read and podcasts I've listened to and stuff, I think that she is just legit loyal to, like, to Logan. So I think we're supposed to like her. Like, I don't think she's evil. I do wish I could remember the, like, thing she said to Rhea in season two. I can't think of it and I won't be able to think of it. But it had something to do with, like, you're like not you're a slut but like if you don't think i know you're trying to fuck my husband yeah and yeah she says like that. it was really aggressive and yeah. i remember like gasping and Me being too. like mm-hmm. all right okay. Marcia, like ready to like claws out claws out seriously um but like speaking of unexplained relationships because we are never explained how Marsha and logan met when they got married how long they've been together none of that we know it, she's not the kid's mom. Right. We Other met, than that, though. We met Caroline. We know nothing. We also get virtually, we have to grasp at straws for everyone's relationship information, which the second, I think was really frustrating the first time and was honestly just as frustrating the second time. I'm like, how do we still not understand like who Tom even is? Like, right? We don't, we don't like how under- he met shit like that. No, like who even he is to this group. Like at first there is no clear, like oh, Tom's he- with Shiv. Oh, you're saying it was like, we had to like connect. We, the dots. Yeah. We had to like, right. It was like all subtlety. It was not like, Oh, and this is my boyfriend, Tom. No, it was I actually us having to figure out kind of like it. Cause I think that some shows get so dumbed down where they like kind of do Aaron Sorkin esque yeah. resumes where they'll walk in and they'll be like, I'm Maddie and this mm-hmm. is where I work and this is what I do. And I've done all this stuff and right. they like tell you everything you need to know. So I didn't mind as much the idea of having to figure it out. I do think like, um, not knowing how long Marsha's really been around. Like, there's been... Yeah. The, I guess because Tom, like, explains himself so easy by, like, proposing in episode two, then you're, like... Right. So then in two, I was like, oh, okay. Because well, by the end of one, I was like, okay, they're clearly together. I just right, assumed like they the were watch. married. Oh, okay. Well, and, like, they did... Um, but then when he proposed, I was like, wait, what the fuck? They did, like, in the pilot, I think that um, Roman was w- married with a kid, and they just, like, totally scrapped that. Mm. so I do think the show was like constantly evolving so maybe they did want when they sold the pilot they did want it to be a little bit more ambiguous maybe because also I think and this is interesting that we're talking about it but I think you not knowing the like clear definitions of the relationships is like a really big like tell tell for their marriage and that yeah I mean right no for sure but it's also like Shiv's not super invested in Tom either no well and it's it's not just them though it's Shiv and Aaron, I think that's his name. The guy, Nate. Oh, Nate! I knew it was close. Shiv and Nate. Don't know how. I we also that. didn't get hardly any backstory about them other than the fact that they used to date. And then Kendall and his wife. I guess we are here to assume that they are getting a divorce because of his drug use, but like we I think don't that's know what they said. How long they were together? 
we don't know when all this fell apart exactly. Yeah, it kind of felt like a play. Like, we were just thrown yes, in, in the middle of the Yes, it felt a lot like a play. And Connor and Willa, <laughs> <laughs> which I would have been totally fine if that was the one we didn't understand. Like, I w- I'll let them keep that one. The rest of them, I just would, because it just changes the, the dynamic of how these characters interact with each other. I'm like, I if I don't understand this, I don't understand what, what they're saying, how much, how important it is, or what it means right. to the plot. Um, I will say though, whatever. My favorite part about Willa is she. I love Willa. Like I am a Willa stan. Like I want I know, her. On I, love I love her, her so much. But I hated her at first. I I really I liked her season two. I didn't. I thought under- she got a lot better. I didn't understand how Connor and Willa like fit into the show. Right. Yeah, so same. I wasn't super invested. But I do think there's a scene, and I think it's in season one where Marsha's like. You know, like I have a friend, I have a friend in Paris who reminds me of you. Mm-hmm. And Willa's like, oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> yes. Like, that's so sweet. And she's I assuming that she's scene. like uh-huh. a producer or an artist sure, or a, right. whatever. And then someone interrupts them. I don't remember who. And Marsha like finishes her sentence. It's, it's, at, it's in the therapy episode and it's Tom and Marsha and Willa all sitting there because the family is in oh, therapy. Right, right, right. And so the three of them are sitting there and Marsha's like, so... Like, and doesn't and so she, I think it's Tom who interrupts her. Yeah, and I think she follows it up with, like, just to be clear, my friend in Paris was murdered because she's a prostitute. No, so it's like, no, she was like, she ended up, she was like, she got murdered, but it wasn't because, because she, she was, was a, a prostitute. prostitute. It was a business deal gone bad or something Which like that. Which, you know, Willa just, like, crushed. Because right. like, she is. Like, well, until Connor's that paying, moment, we were un- she, in that conversation, didn't know that Marsha was calling her a prostitute. No, right, right. She it's, thought they were on, like, a one-to-one conversation there. Yeah, oh, so I think Marsha just has some really good like yeah no Marsha's useful I just never really understand because like on that in that scene I'm like I'm on her side (laughs) like I just never understand but um and I always I think it's something I just noticed about the show in general is I just think it's really interesting how whenever there's news broken and the siblings are in a room together which is constantly they will look at each other before they react like they base their reactions on what the siblings reactions are so they end up of course then in a bubble yeah or like a tunnel what is that word like an echo chamber yes yeah they're like an echo chamber so well i think it's smart because i think roman knows he's not the smartest but will never admit it right and then shiv and kindle are both constantly trying to decide which one of them is smarter you know what well, i mean like they're, they're not neither of them want to lose right. so they're both trying to calculate do i am i gonna win this if not, I need to back down, right. right? Like, do I take the passive route or am I going to win this argument or right. whatever? Am I going to be the quote-unquote winner of the, whatever the fuck is going on? Right. Um, did you have any other? So my pilot thought was, it just made me feel dumb. Like the first, yep. like I was like, I, I had no idea what's going on. I don't have an MBA and I, I didn't love it. I thought it was kind of hard to follow. I'm glad I stuck with it because it did end up as we, I mean, we're doing a podcast episode about it. Um, so it's one of, I mean, it is one of my favorite shows on TV. And then I was saying, I, I watched that Kiernan Culkin thing. And he said when he read for, so originally he went in, this is the guy who plays Roman. He originally went in to read for cousin Greg. Mm-hmm. So he read the script as cousin Greg and was like, Ugh, I probably won't get this. Right. It just doesn't feel right. Whatever. So then he was, but as he was reading the script, he was like, this Roman guy mm-hmm. sounds great. And so he called the casting agent and was like, are y'all casting for, Right, Roman yet. Roman yet. And they were like, no, we're not. And he was like, okay, cool. I'm going to put myself on tape and send it to you. Mm-hmm. So when y'all start casting for him and like, let us, like, please, please let like, me know. whatever. Right, right. Cause he was like, and then he was like, it was just sounded so fun to do. And so he was like, we did the pilot and I got to tell that kid, like, rip up the million dollar check <laughs> in his face. And was basically like, this is awesome. He was like, but 
I couldn't figure out why anybody would care about these assholes. Like, yeah, right, it was yeah. really fun to play. Uh-huh. And, like, I enjoyed the character and, like, the chemistry mm-hmm. on set. And, like, I thought everybody was great. But I just couldn't figure out why anybody would care about Watch these characters. Yeah. And he was, like, around episode two or three when we were filming. Like, I felt that change. And by episode four, you know, I could tell that people would probably be okay. invested in the show. Right. So it's interesting that he... In acting it had the same kind of feelings I think the audience mm-hmm. did where like it does take t- it does take you a while to care about these people and to be yeah. able to follow their story even if you don't like fully understand what's going on like figuring out like what Frank does or Carolina does or Jerry does like figuring out what all of those because mm-hmm. the cast is really large yeah there's a lot of characters in this show so that was my kind of thoughts on the pilot um the show overall is very funny like so funny like if we were just to read transcripts of episodes it would be this but constant like jabs at each other if we had to narrow it down a bit what are some of your best bits and or jokes well speaking of the pilot (laughs) the what Shiv tells Tom when he's like what should I get your dad for his birthday and she says my dad doesn't really like things and Tom was like, what do you mean he doesn't like things? And you're like, and she was like, yeah, he doesn't like things. Whatever you get him will mean an equal amount of nothing. It's <laughs> pretty accurate. It's so accurate. And like, I love that moment because already I also, I, I totally understood what she was saying. Mm-hmm. Like, also, isn't this everyone's dad? <laughs> like, right, right, Whose dad? Right. Like, if your dad can afford something, he just buys it. And, like, if he can't afford it, you sure as sure can't. And so, whatever. It's like, you buy him something. is not going to... is going to sit on his desk and collect dust or whatever. But anyway, it was just so... And, of course, Tom, like, try-hard Tom, was, like, so crushed by his girlfriend's useless answer. But um, I love the running gag of Connor having no self-awareness. Uh-huh. That was perfect. Uh-huh. Um, the running gag of Willa not loving him and clearly just using him for money. Mm-hmm. I loved Roman being COO because, holy shit, like, nepotism at its finest, I guess. I don't know. He's genuinely, especially when he gets uh, promoted to being COO out of, I don't even, it's hard to call it a promotion, I don't even know if he was doing anything. Before. Right, right. But um, in like, I'm pretty sure it's in the very first episode. You're like, wow, like no qualifications at all. Um, but he continues to, and and what's funny about it that was like he keeps reminding people. He has to keep reminding people that, that he's, he's a COO. Yeah, yeah. And everyone else is like, oh right, Roman, you're COO. Like, right, like just placating. Pl- yes, they're, everyone's just like playing along with it. Um, I loved. Willis failed Broadway show. Oh, I have a whole. That was so funny. Okay, I'll let you. It. I'll let you talk about that. Um, and then just generally, Connor uh, not understanding how expensive it is to fund a Broadway show. <laughs> just like no perception of that. Well, and like in the finale, you know, they're trying to figure out who's gonna like fall on the sword and take oh all of God. the I just of the shit. This. And Connor like gracefully is like, you know. Because the dad, Logan's like, I'll, of course, cover whoever falls. Like, right. Whoever yeah, falls yeah, you'll and be takes the blame. You'll be taken care of. And Connor's like, you know, I will. I could right be the of- one who was secretly pulling the <laughs> strings this whole time. He's like, never worked for the company. Like, oh, my God. Heavy. Yeah. it would. And, and <laughs> Logan's response is like, how generous. <laughs> we'll, we'll think about that, Connor. And then um, in this season one episode two when cousin greg 
when Shiv tells Greg, she calls him and was like, don't bring the papers. Uh-huh. And he asks if she's the more senior sibling. <laughs> like, he's trying to understand hierarchy, which, like, aren't we all? Well, like, we're Cousin Greg, right? Like, we're all Cousin he's Greg. He's bringing us into this world. And, also, like, Cousin Greg being broke was hilarious. Like, not being able to pay the cab, stealing the cookies from the workroom, um, the shoes. He's wearing, <laughs> well, I should have gone and found it. Actually, I don't even know if it was on the internet, but... <laughs> Um, Tom, when Tom sees Greg in the office the first time and Greg is wearing, Tom goes on this absolutely brutal, like he goes for the long form, uh, insult where he's like, Hmm, Greg, I'm confused why I don't smell brine in the air. I don't understand why seagulls aren't flying around me. And Greg, of course, is like, He's like, I don't know what you mean. He's like, I don't, you know, there's no taste of salt in the air. Is there? And Greg's like, uh, no. And he's like, well, then why the fuck are you wearing boat shoes? Because <laughs> he's wearing like Sperry's I think with the, his suit. I think the thing about Tom's character that makes me laugh is like, he's truly like the bully and the bullied. Yes. Like if he's with any Roy, if their yeah. last name is Roy, mm-hmm. he gets shit on. Yep. If he's with Greg, he's a monster. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's like it's like the the circle of screaming. Yes, like he gets yelled at, so he yells at Greg so much more. Yeah, no, for sure, he takes everything out on Greg, one hundred percent. And then in episode nine of the first season, at the wedding prenup, like <laughs> whatever, Willa telling the priest that Connor doesn't do anything <laughs> was hilarious. She's like, "Well, Connor doesn't." do anything (laughs) i should have found a recording of it and then later when he's like so mad at her about it and he says as on his he's like well is protecting 53 acres of of land nothing is being on the verge of starting a podcast (laughs) nothing (laughs) like (laughs) <laughs> yes yeah, again, again Connor you've never like, had a job never had a job and being on the verge of something is still not doing it right um right then also in that episode their mom we meet her mom which I fucking love the mom Caroline she's exactly what I wanted her to be uh-huh she Shiv comes up to her and is upset that Caroline has been as party talk getting people to <laughs> people to bet on how long they'll last uh, Shiv and Tom and so Shiv confronts her about it and her mom's like well not everything is about you and it's like literally this is her wedding right (laughs) right. and she's like we need something to talk about (laughs) and she says and honey for what what it's worth I believe it'll be forever and then starts to walk away and says over her shoulder or it'll feel like forever (laughs) (laughs) isn't that marriage Oh, and then I only have two more. Um, in the finale of season two, Kendall says, why is Greg here? And Roman goes, I always ask that. Yes. <laughs> I almost wrote that one down, but I did it. I'm glad. And I- then um, the last one is, in the same episode, when Shiv and Kendall mock Roman for asking if they can start talking about their feelings. I, it, <laughs> it's sad, I, but it was so funny. Like, they, could, they couldn't... These three are so emotionally they stunted. They couldn't even have a discussion about talking about their feelings. Like, yeah. Roman is like, hey, it would be cool if we could, like, tell each other stuff. He got kidnapped. He got kidnapped and almost died. He was going to die. 
and comes well, he was back like, I'm basically, and basically, or he said, I'm a fucking hero. Yeah, yeah. But he was like really torn up by that. And yeah, you know, he, it's just the three of them. He's like, hey, it'd be great if you could like talk about stuff and straight like there's silence and then Shiv goes into straight mocking him with voices like, Oh, your feelings and you're like, Oh my god. But then Kendall does it and you're almost like, Man, this is the most they've bonded. Yeah, ever they are mocking. bonding. And yeah, the two of them for sure. Yeah. And Roman Kendall like backs and down pretty fast. Shiv though. are never on the same team. Well, Roman says, How am I the most mature person right now? Yeah. Like he says it. He's like, Y'all are fucked up. Well, he's always been the most self aware. I think. Yeah. I think and Roman I, is consistently the most self-aware person. On the and show. I will say in that same episode, when you find out that Kendall's the sacrificial, like, right. lamb, like he's that's the one that's going to have to do yeah. it. Roman's reaction was the only one that was like human and normal when he was like, no dude, are you okay? Right. Cause then yeah. Logan was like, you're going to be the COO. And he was like, okay. And Kendall's like, dude, it's good. Like uh-huh. congrats. Like that's awesome. Cause I, I do feel like over the course of two seasons, Roman, I don't think he deserves to be COO, but he deserves to no, be he, employed. Much like Chuck biggest character growth. Right. Right. Biggest character arc. By the time you're watching him in the finale, when he convinces his dad that they Not shouldn't the take deal. the money from the terrorists, he's like, this is just seems like a bad idea. And you're like, Holy shit. I agree with he's Roman. right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And also like, I mean, he has and this he conversation has- with the siblings about, talking about our feelings and it's just like seems very level-headed the whole time yeah i mean he definitely has his his stuff is all like sexual he's got some steps. issues but okay okay yeah wait what, yeah let's what are, what are your, your should jokes? we do the clip the video at the beginning or the end we can do it at the beginning okay so i'm gonna play a clip for y'all this is one of my favorite um bits so this is in from season two episode four safe house Hello, I'm here as a fellow human to acknowledge that Lester has, as we know, passed on. (laughs) Lester was a man. Also, Lester was an employee of the Waystar Company for 40 years. And when a man dies, it is sad. (laughs) All of us will die one day. In this case, it is Lester who has done so. <laughs> Lester was alive for 78 years, but no more. Now he is dead. <laughs> Lester's wife is Maria. They were married for 15 years. Now she is sad. <laughs> so in case that wasn't clear, that was Connor, uh, Logan's oldest son that it's not does not share the same mom as the rest of the three doing a eulogy mm-hmm. for this man who used to work for the company mm-hmm. Lester who mm-hmm. up until this point they had only referred to as Mo mm-hmm. Mo Lester mm-hmm. his name's not Mo which Willa didn't know when she in, she like I... met the widow and said I'm so sorry I've heard wonderful things about Mo uh-huh. and she was like who <laughs> and Connor was like you know it was more of a nickname I don't really know how it started we just like <laughs> And Willow was like, is there any truth to it? And he was like, no, no. I mean, we weren't allowed to be alone with him, and we definitely couldn't <laughs> swim with him. But, no, I mean, it was just a joke. Um, but I just love, so then Willa, to, like, set it up a little bit. I probably should have said this before. But Willa, Connor's running for president, LOL. Right. And um, Willow was like, hey, I heard some guys talking that work for the company, and, like, I really don't think you should say anything. Like, right. this guy seems to be, like, not great. Like, right. you, this PR. could hurt you. Right. 
Um, so that's what he said, which was basically like, I want that done at my funeral. Like I want a eulogy like that, like as a joke, like, I think it's so funny. I love it. Like he was a man. Like, yeah. We will <laughs> all like die. Just facts. It's truly like the least emotional thing. So that's one of mine. And then another one is, um, F I E. So Ava or Eva telling Mark their on air talent at the, um, ATN that they own that he is fuckable in an emergency if, in response to asking if he looked okay, I think about all the time. Like, I just think it's such a funny, I'm like, why hasn't, they use acronyms a lot on the show. Uh-huh. Like no real person involved or whatever. Uh-huh. Like they have a bunch, but yeah. fuckable in an emergency is great. Um, and season two, the debacle with the PR nightmare of we here for you and them yes. having to like talk through it because it turns out that the, um, like the boxes that they've installed in people's houses for their TV actually are possibly maybe mm-hmm. listening to them. And so right. they can't have their original slogan. So they're like, right. we here for you. Like the oh way my, that they like to so say the funny. same line, like nine different times to well, try to imply and anybody who's any other been meaning. in any sort of marketing job yeah. or <laughs> PR job ever, like literally has been in this situation where it's like really gossipy and straws, like cover this thing up and like yeah. try and make it a little bit different somehow. So it's we not here. For you. you. <laughs> so good. We here for, for you. you. <laughs> we here for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're just like standing on the bridge, Craig and Tom just going back, Greg and Tom. <laughs> yeah, so, I, so then the next two are Greg from the finale, season two finale, when he freaks out at the table and says, I'm more than a sprinkle. Whenever oh they're God. like, we'll do a Tom Sunday with a it's Greg like, what sprinkle. What exactly is a Greg sprinkle? <laughs> and then my second one is whenever... Tom's like, hey, man, like, what are you drinking? Because he's, like, laying. Yes. And he's like, it's fine. I'll drink it. It's just it's not like my rose. favorite rosé. <laughs> yeah. And Tom's um, like, excuse me? Yeah. Okay. He's like, I don't know. You can't just, you can't help but notice they're different. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, my God. Greg is all of us when we hit 21. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's not my favorite. But it's um, fine. <laughs> Roman just pretending that the launch didn't go poorly, and he had no clue he, that it blew oh up God. and exploded. But, like, the interaction with him and Jerry about mm-hmm. it was just full of jokes. Because Jerry was like, yeah, like, you didn't do anything. And he's, like, looking at his phone. He's like, that's so weird. I haven't so I haven't gotten one message about it. She's Are like, you I have sure? 40 missed calls. And he's like, is it bad? And she's like, did you miss the part where I say it? It exploded on the launch pad. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so then I have a few just, like, Willa quotes. Um, one of them is when she's talking to Tom. And Tom's like giving her a hard time and mm-hmm. she looks at him dead ass and goes, at least I'm only getting fucked by one member of this family because <laughs> Tom's getting fucked by all of them. Like, it's kind of true. That's what I was it's like, true. Willow forever. Yeah. She's wonderful. <laughs> um, then when they're on the yacht in the season two finale and she's trying to figure out how well her sands uh the play did uh-huh. and he gives her the ipad and she reads one review and like huffs and puffs and just throws it in the ocean tosses it over the side iconic move <laughs> um okay this just full interaction with her and tom nothing it made me laugh so hard so willis says nothing is more powerful than art and he says no sure except for the power of the executive branch right and she says, drama can change minds. <laughs> and he says, yeah, but not really. <laughs> it's so funny watching them interact. because, like, Yeah, because she then does a double take and is like, the fuck? Well, also, it's funny because like he's like she has more power because he, he's in love with her. Right. But, she, but he has, did I say she has? She has more power because he's in love with her. Yeah. But he has more power because he's actually paying her. 
Right. So it's like this weird imbalance where like, I don't think they actually like each other that much. No. But also they'll never leave. Like Willow's got like a pretty sweet setup and also is like mean enough in her own right to like handle this family and this dynamic. And Connor's just such a fucking loser. Yeah. He's a huge loser. That you kind of just like don't feel bad for him when she takes advantage of him. No, not at all. He willingly does it. Yeah. Um, Okay. So then I just have a few Greg and Tom moments that I felt like they needed, um, some quotes. Okay. So when they first meet and he said, and you think at this point that Tom's like this nice kind of pushover. Yeah. Cause that's, how, cause he that's is. how he is. And, and he leans over to Greg and says, if you need any help, seriously, any advice, just don't fucking bother. <laughs> or don't fucking bother me. Um, Tom, well, he does the whole, um, my big fat Greek writing brother thing. Uh-huh. Where he's like... Just kidding. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He's like, well, if you mess this up, I'm going to, like, rip your, like, rib cage open and, like, leave you to the wolves. Just kidding, man. Yeah, yeah. I, we're messing with you. But, like, seriously, seriously, if you even give one whisper to the press about this, we're going to make sure your head's on a stake. Come on, Greg. We're messing with you. <laughs> like, it's, just... it's like the whiplash. Like, he feels so bad yes. for Greg. Because um, <laughs> Tom is so scary. It's- so scary. Unhinged Tom is terrifying, Tom. So I, I wish I wrote down when they do this. I think it was probably in episode um, four, the gala that. Okay, yeah. I didn't so, watch but this I'm one. not actually sure that that's the right episode. But whenever he's like, come on, um, like Tom, uh, Tom's like, hey, come on, Greg, like maybe you can meet like a widow here and seduce her <laughs> with your sad eyes. It's like, that's like one thing they hadn't insulted and then they had to go there. Um, <laughs> You can't make a Tomlet without breaking some Greg's was the email that they read before Congress that was that was in there. Oh uh, my Greg God. earnestly asking Tom if he's ever been to California Pizza Kitchen because <laughs> they make the pasta just how he likes it. Oh and Tom God. says that's not how you're supposed to like it. <laughs> and then my final one is for for them is uh, when they're on the yacht in the season two finale and Greg, so Greg gets on the boat and he's like, they're like, take your shoes off. Oh, and he's yeah. with Kendall. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to, like, I got this like toe thing. Toe like thing, I don't right? want to take my shoes off. And so Kendall says something so dumb, like sun's out, like. Oh yeah. Toes so, out, like sun's out, nails out or something, something like that. Yeah. Something super it's dumb. like, whatever, man. So then they have someone like on board doing yeah, like, pedicures uh-huh. and he yells everybody. He's like, Hey everybody, don't worry. It's just a benign fungus. Well, like she's kind of grossed out about it. The setup to that was something else. Like one of the siblings like says something to Greg from across a boat that yeah. had nothing to do with this. Like, Oh, I don't, I, I watched it today. Like I did too. Today. Well, usually it's my short term, your long term. Because then that's why Greg's response was like, oh, yeah, no, it's fine. Like, it's a toe fungus. And it's like, that wasn't the question. Like, that's not what. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance that nobody was talking to him and he just yelled. But he yelled, don't worry, guys, it's a benign fungus. (laughs) And Tom says, great title of your memoir. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and I'm sure we missed about 100 because... I well, mean, Tom saying that he didn't know Greg in, the, <laughs> in front of fucking Congress and Shiv screaming <laughs> from the back room was so perfect. Well, and uh, Matthew McFadden was on Seth Meyers last week, I think, and he was talking. It does not matter because it's not going to be last week when this episode airs. Time but, is a flat circle. Um, he, what if we were like, we're flat earthers? <laughs> Time <laughs> and the earth are flat. <laughs> we're not. Um, but so I was watching it and he was saying that they like built this like fake thing and he was like it was so I was so nervous 
actually filming that scene. Like it really felt like we were testifying before Congress, like the oh way, my gosh. the way it was set up. It looks legit. Yeah. So while the show I think is a very dark comedy, there yeah. are some moments that kind of pull on those old heartstrings. What um, is your heartbreak scene? My heartbreak scene is, well, there's a lot of sad things that happens in the show for right. sure. But the one that is the most memorable to me is Tom and Shiv's breakup quote or whatever the fuck happens that, to like, them. That like conversation on the beach. On the beach. Yeah, exactly. At the end of season two. And basically they've kind of had like a rocky, I mean, since their marriage. <laughs> We've had a rocky relationship. Their whole relationship. <laughs> Things would be better if it was just different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not to quote Connell, but um, the only way their relationship could be fixed is if it was other people. Truly. The whole thing is the thing about him working for a dad is fucked up to begin with. Like that is that that is a really tough thing to make work, I feel like. And um, so that's a big part of the problem. And well, also and, Shiv just is who she is. And she kind of like left him out. Like at the lunch when they were all doing their like, that's how who this should, started. Yeah, whatever. That's how this scene got kicked yeah, up, and why yeah. Greg was like particularly like, like had his panties in a wad. Yeah, exactly. And like being like all bet her about that, but it it was sort of, you know, a snowball effect of their whole relationship starting with their wedding night, where of course Shiv says that she doesn't think she can do monogamous relationship, which is. Literally, a really shitty what, thing to tell someone. What a time to drop that, right? Exactly, and he of course screams at her about that, about it being like on their wedding night, and also how like also in this episode we see that guy. Everyone, so is, sorry. We also see in this episode that Tom clearly does not want to have a threesome no. in any way, shape, or form. Although the two of them debating the terms of this threesome was fucking hysterical because like Tom was just like backtracking and backtracking and backtracking and back like he's like well well maybe I could just watch like the two of you okay well like maybe 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 she then could just watch us well maybe she could watch us from like the bathroom you know and she was like you're turning our three-way into a two-way um but anyway so they get to the boat they they go out for the day on a little boat and they're on a beach somewhere and they're having this conversation where tom boils over and you know yells at her about the whole open relationship thing and how that's not what he ever wanted and which how, he has a point it was not fair 100 to say it on after they no. got married she should have talked to oh him oh my god they should have talked about before. it before and then also the fact that she like didn't stand up for him in at the breakfast brunch how wow tear down which falls in line with our family dinners and how fantastic they are that scene was a fucking amazing but um really the line that like gets you is when shiv is like well what are you asking for yeah and he and tom says i've realized that i'm unhappy all the time yeah and she maybe that's when she says well what are you like what are you asking me then and tom says i'm just not sure if the sad i feel with you is worse than the sad i'd feel without you oh 
that's like a very, I feel like truthful and like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm assuming a feeling that a lot of people in couples mm-hmm. that are not in healthy relationships feel. Right. And it's such an, a, a smart and like direct way of expressing that emotion. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes I think like the less words, the sadder. Right. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. And so we didn't, that was kind of it for that scene. But it was just tough because they've really been through a lot, Shiv. Well, and you know it was ass. shocking for Shiv to hear him even have... A moat. Well, to speak to her in a way that wasn't like kissing the ground she walked Right, on. yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's normally his thing. It's just like cowering to her. Yeah, I... Yeah, I'll, I have some more things to say about them, but I'll put it in other sections. What is your heartbreak scene? So my heartbreak scene is from season two, episode seven, Return. And it's when, so basically Kendall has consistently just been sad. Yep. Like, if you would have told me that when he was trying to do the coup in season one and do the hostile takeover, mm-hmm. that that would be the happiest Right, most joy we've seen. The entire time. I yeah. would have, like, laughed in your face. Um, but this is the episode where they go back to London and he's reminded of the fact that he killed that kid over and over and over again. Like Logan makes him go to the house. Like he like goes, he does all of the stuff. Drags him through it. So the part that like really like broke my heart was when he, so let me see exactly what I, where it is. So he goes to talk to his mom about it Mm -hmm. to like kind of, I think open up with her about it. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. I remember the scene. Um, so he builds it up by saying that he has something he really needs to talk to her about. And she says, yes, as long as it's not too difficult, she's too tired for difficult things. So she says maybe in the morning and you just see his whole body just Mm -hmm. kind of like slump slump. And like, you know, they'll never talk about it. Like this was it. And I just wanted to give him a hug. Like the entire, like Kendall always is either like for me, I either want to like hug him or punch him. Like there's really no in the, in the middle for me, like either feel bad for him or he's like, high like there's no whatever but this scene in particular like I think he just really and like an, another like runner up for this is in episode four whenever he like talks to Shiv and is like I like she was like what's going on with you and dad like why is dad like why are you looking out for dad so much why is he looking out for you so much and um and he's like I just like we're on we're in a good place right now and Shiv he was like Shiv if something happens to dad like I really need you to take care of me and they like hug wow. and he starts like crying and you're like, fuck, like, and then I think that in episode four, I like talk about episode four a lot, but yeah. in season two, he, it's like the first time that the cracks of him, of something bad actually like happening, yeah. start being apparent to more than just the people who know. Right. Right. Cause like, obviously the team knows cause they cleaned it up and Logan knows because he's like emotionally blackmailing mm-hmm. um, Kendall with this information. But this is the first time that I think Shiv's like, what the fuck is going on? With it's not emotional blackmail. It's actual blackmail. I, I know, but I think that the way he's doing it is like... Yeah, it's a emotional torture. Because at that point, I think Kendall would have just fucking turned himself in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, would have fought no, it or sure. like... He because has a guilty conscience. It was... It was an accident. Like, the yeah. the entire thing, like, truly, if he would have called the cops and, like, actually right. stayed... It's like fleeing... It's like, I'm always like, why do people flee crime scenes when it's an accident? They didn't do it, right. Um, but I think it's probably because he was high, but... So that was my heartbreak scene was just him trying to talk to his mom about what was extra tough about the scene with his mom is that that was an actually healthy way to cope and he got shut down. Right. So that's tough. Well, and it's just so hard. I I understand I'm not a parent, but like 
to say like I can't handle a difficult thing when your kids like obviously like Kendall's the word I mean he Jeremy Strong to be clear is the best actor so on the show so strong but Kendall Mm -hmm. as a character is not like you know when he's sad you know when he's right he like lives at like his emotions are always at like a six yeah (laughs) like a five or a six like he rarely ever emotes well a lifetime of like not of his like unapproving father right so I just think he um Caroline should have known that he needed her. Well, of course. It's also She's just a terrible in, person. It's just hard anytime like a mom's involved and they're like ignoring yeah, their child. Really shitty. Yeah. Um, so we've kind of talked about how hard the show was for us to get into. Yeah. What was your turning point scene? So episode, I guess. I mean, I don't know if this really counts as turning point because I can't remember when I, I mean, I think I was, like I said, bought into the show based on helicopters alone, but the episode that I tell people they need to watch all the time, which I'm the only person who ever cares about this episode, so maybe I'm crazy, but it's Austerlitz, which is season one, episode seven, the episode where they go to therapy, mm-hmm. and I fucking love this episode. I don't, it seems so late in the season for me to, like, suddenly care about the show, because I think I was pretty invested anyway, but I was like, oh, hell yeah, like, there is so much more potential, Mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. was what I was thinking because number one it's the only one well the first time we get everybody out of New York or right. like upstate or whatever because you know they're in their they're house in, or whatever they're but in Santa so Fe new. With, yeah, yeah Connor's house Santa Fe area and yeah Connor's ranch so like desert totally new environment and even just the setup of the fact that they're going to therapy for PR reasons. Right. Although none of the rest of the kids knew it was PR except for Logan which I thought was weird I'm like why wouldn't they all clearly see that this was for PR but whatever right um it starts off the episode starts with Connor calling Shiv on the phone to make sure the email that they just got about the therapy weekend wasn't spam (laughs) (laughs) um and Tom is like has his try hard energy on 11 in this episode Uh Roman being a pro at therapy because he's ergo because he's been in it so much is really funny to me and then we also get Shiv's political shit with this ex-boyfriend of hers and agreeing to go to quote-unquote go to war against her father basically by agreeing to work for the enemy right and then Kendall deciding to become a meth head this all happens in this episode yeah Kendall's uh downfall was quick quick we Um, knew he was doing drugs before right yeah no we know but we hadn't like seen it right he's been sober air quotes air quotes yeah he flips real quick then towards the end of the episode we get to see logan eviscerating shiv which is i think the first time that this happens Uh um when he calls her a coward for marrying tom because he's not on her level she he calls her a coward separately but then also calls her a coward for Fair agreeing enough. to marry tom because he's a pushover basically he's like right. you're marrying tom because he's a pushover because you're too afraid to like rise to your own greatness or potential or whatever and like he is like a clear byproduct of this i think logan initially meant like professionally but like he's like see look at this fuckhead you're marrying like whatever which then shiv last to like runs out of the room crying shiv has one of my favorite insults um in this or not insults but just like d- pieces of dialogue i guess yeah, okay in this episode whenever they're talking about swimming uh-huh. and they're like dad doesn't swim and she's like yeah he doesn't even trust water <laughs> yeah it's, it's too wishy-washy <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> I almost I wrote thought, that down. It was so funny. It's such a great way to describe Logan. Yes, yes. Like, he's so stubborn. He doesn't even trust water. Right. So he never learned to swim. <laughs> I know. Um, and then, speaking of Logan in the water, though, at the very end, he is in the pool. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's swimming. I think he might just be walking, like, doing an aerobic type thing. But as he gets out of the pool, we see those, like, whip scars on his back. Mm-hmm. Which you're like, whoa. Like, yeah. what is, what's that? I don't think we ever get the answer. We, we haven't just, gotten the answer yet. We just know that, because when they go back to Dundee, yeah. we know that he doesn't like his hometown and doesn't right. have, like, fond memories right. no, exactly. of growing up. I don't so, think he's anyway, so sort of all of these things combined makeup make it i don't know i I know i feel like like we have like turning point scenes but it's like more of an episode right i mean well because it sort of like resets everybody onto like a clear path Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's like okay here shiv's gonna go work for the enemy roman is now like next in command even though he's gonna fuck it up we all know kendall's off the rails um yeah (laughs) you know logan is still not fully understanding what's going on. Like he totally shits a bed on the actual therapy episode that happened or the therapy that happens in the episode mm-hmm. and says, I would do anything. Every decision I've ever made was for my children or something like that. And which I read, I think I watched the, like after the episode and they were like, that's true. Like that's how right. in Lo- that's how Logan's brain works. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that it's like executed in a way right. that is, and just, like, him basically being, like, a therapy denier and thinking this whole thing was stupid and none of these children's... And it, it was also just, like, really sad because the kids actually all did want to... Be there. Be there and did actually... They all think that there is room for improvement, whereas Logan is just thinking this is all for show and it was, like, a real missed opportunity. The kids are even aware as it's happening. They're like, oh, this is dad in one of his other, like, bullshit games where we're being used as props for whatever. And I guess that hadn't really happened where all the kids were on the same page. Mm-hmm. And so kind of seeing how that was going to play out was really interesting, and I don't know. It's a good episode. So mine was season one, episode four, from Sad Sack Wasp Trap. And <laughs> it's weird to me that this is – the episode that really sold me on the okay. show and turning point, but it's when Connor gets like overly ragey and invested in planning that gala. Cause yeah. he like wants to prove to Logan that he like can handle it. So basically he's just like screaming at people because like oh the butter's God. cold. Yes. And then also this is the introduction. He's like of, the bridezilla of this gala. Yes. And like <laughs> nobody, it's like nobody really cares that much. Right. And, um, along with the introduction of, like, the death pit that Tom and Greg, like, this is when Greg kind of, or Tom shows Greg, like, the death pit and, like, the beginning of, like, their working dynamic of, like, burying, like, it was just kind of, I I started to understand and care where the show was going. Yeah. So, that was mine. Um, So, what are some of your best or worst B-plots? So, I think the best one is Connor running for president because... (laughs) yeah. It's super tongue-in-cheek of the show to do this, of mocking all rich people who think that they can run for president because that's something we can do in our country because so much of campaigning is money. money. Yeah, like Tom Steyer. Exactly. And if you're listening, so I just Tom, love sorry. that whole 
I also love that when Roman finds out, he's like, shouldn't you at least have like a job at CVS first? (laughs) That's a thing. Like nobody thought he should do it. Like that was his When Willa found out, she was like laughed and she was like, oh, are you sure? Yeah. Like that seems like a lot of work. Yeah. It seems like, it's like, well, I could do it. And she's like, um, anyway, so that was fucking hilarious. And in the end of two, Logan, well, him low-key needing a little hundred mil. Yeah. Like, that's the m- amount of money he needs to borrow from his dad, or not borrow, but take from his dad. And Logan being like, well, sure, I'll give it to you, but you got to drop out of the race. And right. he's like, no. And Logan's like, you're an embarrassment, and walks <laughs> away. Um, so oh, we still God. don't, I guess we still don't know if he's, well, actually, no, he does quit, right, at the end of the episode. I didn't, I didn't have time to finish watching it. Uh. I don't know, whatever, not important. I don't know if he's still running for president. Because um, he was still trying to get money because he lost it all in Sands. Right. Uh, Willis. Well, he might have so asked for the money. I think he might have. Before just, knowing how bad the show was. No, no, I think he knew how bad the show yeah, was. Yeah, but I don't know if he had the, all the reviews were in yet. Oh, wait, no, he did know. He did know, yeah. That conversation started because he was asking Logan to buy him a positive review. Yeah. And Logan was like, you're not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. So rough. Um, he owns a news station. They could just like do it whatever. No, I know. But Logan was like, I don't want to push them on this. Basically. I was like, you're not worth it. And then my ship, I only picked one, but Roman and Jerry are both the best and worst ship on the show. <laughs> I. It's so much. I love them. I don't really need it to go any farther no. than where it is like now like no. where it is now we don't is, need like, to see any more of it so again from this i we will add this to the show notes and share it on the instagram but on the actors on actors so i guess kieran colkin's been acting forever he's a colkin macaulay colkin like he's a very big like hollywood air quotes family he was in father of the bride like he's a little kid from father of the bride so he's known the woman who's played jerry for like ever mm-hmm. Jay and so he was saying that when the cameras just film all of the time and so in season one he would just say really really inappropriate things to her to try to get her to break because she's like a professional and he's mm-hmm. Kiernan I think is probably the most like his character I would say I like, continue to he, say my theory that nobody acts yeah, yeah. so he would say all of these like terrible things mm-hmm. to get her to break and yeah. she like wouldn't and I guess in one episode in season one um she like walks out of the room and he like checks her out as she's leaving and then he leaves and she like checks him out. <laughs> and so they had all this camera stuff of him doing all of this stuff to uh-huh, her, messing with her along with the scene that actually stayed in the episode of them like kind of checking each other out. And he said that the show works with like, he's like, I'll film an entire storyline and then I'll watch the episode and realize they've cut the whole thing out. So he's like, we oh never, God. he's like, we really never know what's going to edit will be. And he was like, so I kind of thought that maybe some of this, jerry and roman stuff wouldn't air and he's like but they really have taken it to a whole new level uh-huh. so i think that it's a very interesting dynamic and i think it makes the show a little bit more fun to watch i will say i don't know how i like gut feel about like i don't know how i feel about it except sure. when, they're, when they're on screen together i'm simultaneously like yes and also like stop oh stop, 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 stop well stop. because like, like it's so weird it goes she so harsh has like she is his like mother figure Right. That's the problem. But, like, not... But I wish, again, we don't know, like, how, like... There's no way... Because I think Roman was working in, like, Tokyo or something before he came back. Like, I don't think Roman's always been in New York. Like, I think he was running headquarters in, like, another country or, like, running... I'm using air quotes Uh for running that. So, 
I don't know if like what their dynamic is, but I did think it was interesting that it came off of the fact that they're just like good friends. Yeah. And then the show writers were like, sweet, let's go with this. Let's try it. Yeah, Jay Smith so, Cameron. Jay what a Smith. star. Yes. Um, okay, so are those all of yours or do you have any more? No, that's it. Okay, I have kind of a lot. I feel like you. Um, <laughs> I'll try to talk fast and condense them. So one of them, and sometimes they're just like moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kendall breaking up with his girlfriend in Ireland because she said awesome too many times when she met Logan. Oh my God. He like took her out and put her on a fucking plane. It was very dramatic. Uh, okay, so Willis plays Sands. So when Greg says that he got mites, he was like, I was sitting really close to the stage. I think I got bit yes. by something. And Connor's response is, you'll have to talk to the sand supplier like everyone else. And then someone, oh my God. Um, and then Shiv saying, I guess this should have been a joke, but Shiv says that the oldest brother is the first pancake, the one the cook always should toss out, oh my God. which is Connor. Yeah, that's a joke, but it's yeah. okay. <laughs> well, I had it under this one because... Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, okay, so the season two, episode four, is my favorite episode. We'll talk about it in great detail. But that's the episode where they have the, like, sh- the active shooter on at the set. But so the panic room B-plot of that uh-huh. episode is so funny because Greg and Tom get stuck in this. They're, like, screaming and yes. running. And they get there, and they're, like, Greg's, like, you know, you were really scared. And Tom's, like, I was not scared. Like, I wasn't even running that fast. And Greg was, like, yeah, you kind of were. And, and he was, like, you were running just as fast and he was like yeah behind you <laughs> so they have that whole thing that's when tom's like this isn't he th- he's like upset that he's in the wrong panic room yes yeah they're in the second like a, tier panic, panic room. room okay so leading up to this the reason that this shooting hostage not hostage the shooting thing takes place or they think it takes place is because they have a guy that's on news that's like a fascist and believes in um hitler like he's like a big or not believes in hitler but like idolizes in a way Hitler and so when um Tom's having to like interview him to like figure out like if he really is like a Nazi sympathizer first he consults with Greg first where he says Nazis are terrible right right? (laughs) and Greg was like yeah they're the worst and Tom was like yeah sure we all hate (laughs) Nazis which is when you're like oh man these people are soulless and terrible And and he's like, fascist meetings, Nazi wedding, Hitler dog. Not looking great for this guy, Mark. Uh, Mark's getting more airtime on our podcast than any of the other ones. I know, right? Um, When Tom asks him how many times he's read that Hitler book, I don't even know how to say it, Mein Kampf. Oh, yeah. And he's like a couple times, and Tom's like, are there Easter eggs in there you didn't catch the first time? Um, And then when he's like, why do you like this time period? And the guy's like, you know, I'm just so fascinated by that time period in history. We mm-hmm. lost this many people in England, this many people in Poland. Like, and he lists off all of the groups of people and just like, doesn't talk about Jewish people. And oh, Tom's like, I mean, um, are you missing like a, a, a couple million <laughs> in there? And then that's when the um, alarms start going off and they run. And then in this episode, that's when Greg breaks up with Tom, but like a bris- like so they'll have like a business yes, open relationship, a business which then up. results in Tom pelting him with water bottles. Yeah, you love that scene so much. I love it so much. And then it ends with Greg being like, you know how you uh, asked me to shred all those documents? Well, um, I mean, I did it. I kept some. It seemed like we were destroying evidence. <laughs> And Tom was like, so are you asking to blackmail you? Like, are you asking if you can blackmail me? And Greg's like, no, no, I'm not. And he's like, very well, I accept your blackmail. <laughs> very funny. So uh, my next B plot was the bus not being able to fit through the entry at Tom and Shiv's wedding. 
Yes. And his oh so his parents so Tom's parents are busted from the airport and he berates the wedding planner and uh-huh. is like, I hope you're happy, Charlotte, because my mother is dying of thirst and I just picked up a bag. I'm carrying a case on my wedding eve. <laughs> that's a joke. Yes. No, I know, but that's <laughs> but no, because I'm gonna keep talking. It literally okay. just have jokes from the wedding. Like, uh, so the, okay, they're okay. kind of like the wedding plots from the wedding episode. Okay. His parents buying the wine. Oh my god. And him holding that like one moment and making Nate like pour it back. In the bottle. Yes, no, give, pour, give me my wine back. And then God. his him just calling his mom mommy like of really course. made me like, right. Ugh. But that was all, I guess he it was would. all a joke. Sorry, guys, moving up in your brain <laughs> to jokes. But it was, it was all, because I also had like their just wedding. The wedding was, yeah. The whole B plot of their wedding was, Tom at their wedding was a B plot to me. Yeah, no, that's right. He had his own. Yeah, issues. he did. It's really, it's really, they had to give him his own drama. Uh, I do have Jerry and Roman's relationship, whatever yep. that is. Whatever. <laughs> who okay, knows? so in the finale, when they're all just sitting around talking about who should fall, and they're going around and like yep. putting each other, and yep. I guess it's called they're a like, loon. Well, Jerry would make sense because. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's called a loon debate. A loon debate, which is when you're in, it's like an English thing. Oh. Um, when you're on a hot air balloon that's going under and you have to decide who to throw out. Okay. So that's, he was like, I don't know what y'all call it in America, Jesse Armstrong, who created the show. He's like, uh-huh. I don't know what it's called in America, but we call it a loon debate, which I'm like, that's smart. Yeah. Um, I don't think we have anything. To like compare, comparable. No. no. I guess like the trolley where it's like, would you kill five people or one? But that's like not what this yeah, is. Yeah, no. Um, so in this same B plot uh-huh. of the episode, whenever they do say Jerry and Roman like takes up with her, it's adorable, but I don't understand it. Like I don't know. Right. And then him saying, haven't we killed enough women already? Oh my God. <laughs> Which I know. It is accurate though. He's like, not to be too like <laughs> right. whatever. But then I said, please note that Roman defends Jerry more than Shiv defends her husband. Yeah. And then when Greg is like, maybe Roman, like you should do it. You're widely known as a horrible person. And then everyone's laughing when Connor offers himself up. Yep. Um, and then my last one is Kendall just casually, I mean, it's not casual, but taking over the company and throwing Logan straight to the wolves. How, when did he start planning this takeover? That's what I want to know. Like, did he know that he would be offered up and, or did he decide all in that moment? I like, I want to know the logistics know. of how, right. because season think- two started 48 hours after season one ended. So it's not like we haven't been with these people and, Kendall's been so it would it's just shocking to me to think that he had any energy like physical energy to plan a takeover I know and for it to have like kind of worked it almost makes me feel like him and Greg like chatted on the plane and realized that he had all these documents and like I just don't know when it started Greg told him at the wedding that he has the document in season one yeah Greg says because he's black doing a poor job but blackmailing uh Logan in that episode, Kendall has, in this moment where Greg is quote unquote blackmailing Kendall, Kendall has already announced that he's doing the the bear hug. Uh-huh. So ergo, Greg does the math and assumes that Kendall is who's in charge now or is going to be in charge. So Greg approaches Kendall and says... I have these doc. I was supposed to show these documents, but I didn't. So it would probably be wise for you to keep me in a good job. Right, right, and right. Kendall like laughs at him and is like, "All right, Greg." So he's just okay. Like, keep it in mind. I, I like this version of you, and then just like walks away. I think when Kendall made this plan is literally in the finale 
Mm-hmm. There's this weird sequence where he has headphones on. Yes, yes. I and saw everything's that. silent. Yeah, and they're like whispering, and like Shiv whispers. He has like yeah. an interaction with, yeah, Shiv, and, but there's no actual wrong. dialogue we don't hear. And it seems like he's just sort of like taking in what's happening. He, Logan's already made him send his girlfriend away. And it just seems like that's a good moment to plot, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I when it ended, I was like, we need season three right now. Like I've never, and then like Logan, or like Logan has that like a little bit of a smile, and you're like, oh, he's like kind of proud that Kendall. Yeah, that's well, and that's like, the twisted thing about this whole to, thing to throw him to the wolves, right? Um, in my last B plot, um, and it's like another kind of like B plot for the season in a sense because it goes on for more than one episode, but specifically a runner, a, yeah, it's just like a yeah, um. The foil between the Roy's and the Pierce family yes, was so smart really in terms that. of storytelling in season mm-hmm. two. Yes. And I was just thinking specifically at the dinner where they're all like chatting and like nobody, they're all so different. Like, yes, it's like a Democrat and Republican version <laughs> of this like extreme wealth. Yes. So um, I just thought that was a, cause season one was so business focused. And so I knew season two was going to be really business focused, but adding in this like extra layer of the pierces yeah. and like Raya and all of that stuff was so smart in terms of like it not being boring. Yeah. The episode with the pierces. Like where they are like, at the dinner. Yeah. Where they're like at their hunting uh-huh. lodge or whatever. I think it's episode five. I think so too. It was it reminded me a lot of the episode in the great where they met the family from Sweden. Yes. Because you're yeah. like, oh, this is just how rich people are. Yeah, you're like, like this, this is just, just how they are to each other. Different brand of terrible. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, I also think it's funny, and this is a joke, but I just thought of it. Okay. When, uh, I guess, so Naomi is, Naomi Pierce is, like, how they're going to, like, get in, like, air quotes, with the Pierce family. Because yes. um, Roman's, like, hooker girlfriend that, yeah. like, lives with him. With that, the coolest hair ever. Beautiful hair. So gorgeous. But she's the one that, like... <laughs> made out with yeah uh tom and then yep. he brought him to the wedding which is just the most roman thing ever but now mm. he's just dating her yeah and she's like do you know like uh i already forgot her name the pierce girl oh natasha natalie nat whatever do you, naomi. naomi do you know naomi right. pierce and she's like yeah i know her from whatever mm-hmm. and he was like is there anybody you haven't slept <laughs> with like is there anybody you haven't right. fucked and her response was yeah, yeah you, you? Yeah. i was like oh Cause like that's yep. when I mean we all knew Roman had his weird sexual stuff, but that was the first time anybody just like directly said it to him out loud, like in public. Look up what her name is because she is a great. I would love more episodes with like her and Willa, like yeah, like, maybe season three they're gonna team up. That would be great. Um, let me look at what her name is. I did think it was hilarious in in the wedding episode when. Connor threw a fit that they didn't want Willa to be in the family picture. They're like, okay, siblings and their spouses. And basically Shiv and Connor have like a meltdown over like whether she's going to be in the picture or not. And he like does something really dramatic and she gets to be in it. Okay. Let's move on to our highlights. Do you want to go first, Soph? Stats. Yes. Okay. So my favorite character is Jerry. My favorite relationship is cousin Greg and Tom. My favorite season is the second season. My favorite episode is Shiv's Wedding, which is the season one finale. Although the pre-episode, the one before that is nine and ten are both fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
And those are my stats. Okay. Mine is also Jerry. Mm-hmm. But I will say the show's the definition of, like, the love to hate. I don't <laughs> I don't like any of the Roy's, and yet there isn't a single character I don't want on the show. Yeah. Like, everyone is frustrating in a way that's important to the plot. So, but Jerry is just my overall favorite character. Again, my favorite relationship is Greg and Tom. And my favorite season is two. So, my favorite episode, as I've mentioned several times this season two, episode four, Safe Room. And I did drop down just a few notes. Um about this one this is when roman has to go to the park's corporate training and jerry calls him and it says <laughs> i forgot about this is it lot. very bad in america and he says no amount of antibacterial gel will get the america off of me and he has to wear that like turkey costume and like take pictures with people oh amazing this is the episode that has most funeral in it like i mentioned above this is the the shooting panic episode with all uh-huh. of those little that was the b plot of this episode um this is when you kind of start to see the cracks in Kendall's very poorly laid facade, but that shows how little they pay attention to him. Mm-hmm. Because when he steals like vape fluid and candy, uh-huh. and Jerry's like, we want to clean it up without him knowing, whatever, all this stuff. Uh, Shiv's like, how many lives does this guy have? Yeah. Um, and then my last thing about this episode is this is the beginning of Jerry and Roman and whatever the fuck uh-huh. it is. Like this is when they have their first phone call after he tries to have like a sext conversation with Tabitha mm-hmm. and like can't. Yeah, I don't know. So then he just hangs up on her and um calls Jerry and somehow that does the trick. Yeah, it's a different dynamic. Like mommy problems for sure. Yeah. So drum roll please, the moment we've all been waiting for. Mm-hmm. So, what is your single best scene from Succession? My single best scene, although there was a lot of contenders for this, I think that it's the most memorable. I chose most memorable instead of maybe single best, but it's Bore on the Floor from (laughs) 2 3. Is that yours too? God, no. Okay. Um, I found the. No, my uh, single best scene, just since we're going to have to cut all this anyway, um, I, like, couldn't think of a reason why I loved it other than the fact that I just did. And so I just pulled an excerpt from an article that reviewed it, and I'm just going to read that and say that it's from another. (laughs) Like, I'm not taking credit for this author's words, but it's how I feel. Got it. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, Do you like the uh, Pierce deal? I do. I do. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Bullshit. Bore on the floor. Hey! <laughs> okay. It's a game in the corner, over there, stand there. Go, 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 go! <laughs> Logan is so scary. That's also why I think the game in the first episode right. had to have been something more. I think so too. I think they had to like dial it Just back. a baseball game. Tom? Me? Yeah? Uh, Pierce? Yeah? Um, well, that's a lot of <clears throat> factors, and. But. Yes, I personally, I like it. I like it. Bore on the floor over there. Jerry, stand up. Stand up! Pierce. I couldn't tell you. you. Have you played it before? No. Well, actually, I... To be perfectly honest, I've, I've had a few doubts. Honesty. You see, everybody, do you see? Honesty. Greg, stand up. Yes, Jerry. <laughs> Escape that one, girl. Did you get any orders from my brother, the fucking conscience of the prairies? <laughs> Me? Yeah. Uh, 
don't. Uh, yeah, because I th I've had to, uh, some doubts too. Oh, <laughs> fucking Dava over there. But the rules are that you're spared if you tell the truth. Oh. And I just told you the truth. Oh, there are rules. <laughs> right? Do you know something, Greg? There are no fucking rules. Over there. Okay. <laughs> Roman. I like it for real, Dad. I Stand the fuck up. Um, okay. Kendall took a call from the biographer. We all got a call, Rome. Okay, yes, but you see, he seemed like he wanted to actually talk to her. To smoke you out for dad. What? Fuck you, why do you get to smoke me out? I was smoking you out. What did you tell us about your mystery call? Oh, the phone call? Uh, yeah, it was Frank. He meant to call you. He wants to know if the plan to overthrow dad is still happening. <laughs> Someone spiked Pierce. Which one of you boys did it? Tom! Yes? Sit on the floor. It's fun. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, We're gonna have fun. Bore on the floor. I really, I feel... Get down! Bore on the floor. Bore on the floor. Kendall, ring the troops. Bore on the floor. Guys, bore on the Cow. floor. Get down. Oh I love the randos that are just joining us. Bore on the floor. Come on, Frank. Why am I in this? How the fuck would I know, Greg? You think I have a rational explanation for this? Frank, <laughs> feed the piggies, guest of honor. That's it. Bore on the floor. Bore on the floor. Oink for your sausages, piggies. Shh. Oink for your sausages, piggy. Oink, oink. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oink for your sausages, Tom. Oink, oink. oink. No, no, no half-hearted oink. I want full-hearted oink. Oink, 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 oink. On the count of three, the last piggy to eat a sausage is the mole. That doesn't seem like a very good system. Who spoke <laughs> to Pencil? Please. Oh, Greg did that. Hey! Crawl in a circle and close yeah. your eyes. Yeah, yeah. Three. I remember now. Greg, oink! At the restaurant. Two. It's my fucking sausage. Carl stole my sausage. Too effing slow. I'll get you a booby prize. Eat up, piggies. I believe he said, eat up, piggies. I want to see you little piggy fucks eat. Eat it. Jesus Christ. What a scene is just like so insane. It's. Logan at his worst and so humiliating all what all these guys and other people will do um, to stay in in the good graces of this company. It's very intense. Very memorable. Definitely memorable. All right. What is your single best scene? My single best scene is also one that is, I would say, by definition, cringy mm. and awkward. Mine is from season two, episode eight. This is really hard. I did have like a few other ones, but um, mine is Kendall's L to the OG rap. 
Oh my God. So I'm going to play it so that everybody can hear it. It's awkward. It's cringe. It's been, it's almost always stuck in my head because um, they use the theme song as the, be- yeah, the bass as the beat. Bass beat. And it's at the, it's at the event that's honoring his dad, right? Yes. Yeah. It is the, um, the 50 years of Logan running Waystar Roy right. Right. Yeah. So this is Kendall's rap. Which he is wearing a... Everyone, it's a pleasure to have to honor my dad's life and work. So, when Rayo was planning this, she asked me to help out with, um, with a little tribute of a certain uh, <laughs> flavor. And after a lot of convincing, well, here we are. Is he about to strip? I think he's going to masturbate on stage to a photo of dad. <laughs> My boy Squiggle cooked up this beat for me. Check it. Born on the North Bank, king of the East Side, 50 years strong. Now he's rolling in a sick rod, handmade suits, breaking in loot. Everyone's so Five star general, yo, best no. salute. Yo, bitches be no. happy, but the king is oh, no. no. Ken W.A. I read it. It is burning my eyes, but I cannot look away. L to the OG. Dude be the OG. And he playing. Playing like a pro. See? L to the OG, do be the OG, A and he playing, playing like a pro, make some noise, A1 ratings, ADK wine, never gonna stop, baby, fuck father time, bro, don't get it twisted, I've been through hell, but since I stand that, I'm alive and well, shaper of views, creator of news, father of many, paid all his dues, so don't try to run your mouth at the king, just pucker up, bitch, and go kiss the ring. L to the OG, do be the OG, A and he playing, make some noise! <laughs> when I say L, you say OG, L to the, L to the, you need to stop this. L to the L to the motherfucking OG. I think this might be the end of the company. We might get sucked into a black hole embarrassment that we never get out of. John D in the motherfucking house. So what I think is important for people to like, if they ever go watch the scene, is just watching all because like he's a good actor and it's like actually rapping fairly well and whatever yeah no it's a good rap but if you watch all the other people like it's the happy like it's so funny greg's like trying to sing along of course he doesn't know any of the words no it was made up for this purpose but whenever i was doing research on this and i wanted to like look up the lyrics and kind of be like decide this really was my single best scene i came across this ringer article so this is what they had to say about it Kendall Roy is a broken man. That much is clear, but heading into Sunday night's episode of Succession, which obviously aired long ago, perhaps he figured between committing involuntary manslaughter, becoming the number one boy, getting cut, gutting his precious digital media enterprise Volter, snorting a submarine's worth of cocaine, being forced by Logan to visit the family of the person he killed, and generally being an absolute mess, that we've completely minced the tragic depths of Kendall's psychological ruin. Well, you'd be wrong because Succession still had its biggest, cringiest card up its sleeve, and now I can't stop thinking about it. I'm talking about what else? Kindle's L to the OG, a bonkers rap he wrote to comm- commemorate 50 years of Logan running Waystar Royco. The lead to the L to the OG is not unlike watching a car wreck. 
and patented Zack Snyder slow motion as Kendall jumps on stage at the Family Black Tie Gala, removes his tuxedo jacket to reveal a custom Logan Roy-themed baseball jersey and unintentionally warns his captive audience about what is a, what is to come by saying, my boy Squiggle cooked up this beat for me. And then Kendall begins to rap. The reaction from other characters cover a broad spectrum of emotions. From pure glee, is this the happiest Shiv's been all season, to profound <laughs> secondhand embarrassment, most everyone else. Technically, L to the OG is over in less than two minutes. It does, however, feel like it stretches out for an eternity. Its impact is certainly life-altering. I've rewatched L to the OG upwards of three dozen times. I have... Never been more sure that Jeremy Strong deserves an Emmy for his performance this season. As for the rap itself, like all great art, it's challenging, thought-provoking, and begs for uh, analysis. So I thought that could explain it better than I did because those are all, like, that's exactly what it is. Like, it's, I guess it's setting up the scene in a way, but also just explaining, like, the absolute bonkers thing that he did also like right. this entire season he's essentially been like on death's door yeah and then he like pops up and is like but since i met stan dad i'm alive and well oh my god it's so. it's so much i do have a little bit of news succession three there's no word on the official launch date yet but it has obviously been renewed mm-hmm. the corona coronavirus pandemics caused production to shut down in march 2020 in july 2020 writer jesse armstrong told them filming may start in the not-too-distant future. So they were, like, literally about to start filming the first week of April. Right. So basically, we're still waiting. They haven't filmed anything, so it's not like we're going to get, like, a broken-out season or anything. Um, okay, so what is your recommendation this week for our listeners? My recommendation of the week is an artist. You can follow her on Instagram. Her name is Julie Houts, but her handle is Julie Lauren, spelled phonetically, so it's J-O-O-L-E-E-L-O-R-E-N. And her icon is Kate Moss, I'm pretty sure. So it's not her. She's not Kate Moss. She's a, a, an artist. But her Instagram is very funny. She does a lot of, like, tongue-in-cheek, cartoony, like, basic bitch type right. <laughs> messages and follow. she's a fun follow what's yeah. what's your recommendation so my recommendation is a song my favorite band put out a new song Ooh. so Dawes's new song who do you think you're talking to it's my new favorite song by them it's basically like when you get into a new relationship and realize that they're the people who help you get over your ex like that's like the mm. the behind the mm-hmm. the scenes of like what the song means so who do you think you're talking to by Dawes? Excellent. Right. Well, thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. Don't forget to tell your friends to listen to us. I don't know what I was going to say yeah, there. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Tell your friends that we don't know because we're already telling our friends yeah. that we do know. Yeah. So if we don't know your friend, tell them. be like, hey, guys. All right, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Who do you think you're talking to? This podcast is produced by myself, Sophie Orlich, with help from Jake Orlich. No relation. Maddie Line is my favorite co-host, and our lovely theme song is by Chandler Reeves. For news and updates, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at singlebestscene, or check out our website at singlebestscene.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, and especially if you're one of our actual friends, make sure you're subscribed to the pod and drop us a five-star review. We deserve it. Autoplay next episode.